Blog Talk Radio. State of Arizona versus Jody Ann Arias, verdict count one. We, the jury, duly impaneled and sworn, and the above entitled action upon our oaths do find the defendant as to count one first degree murder guilty. I've been in the right place, but it must have been the wrong time. I've said the right thing, but it must have used the wrong line. I've been on the right trail, but it must have Good evening. This is Clear and Convincing with Michael Carnahan and Lisa O'Brien where we explore the most infamous cases in our country's history based not on the court of public opinion, but from the perspective of the courts. This time the court will read the verdict. On count one, the verdict reads as follows. We, the jury, find the defendant, Stephen A., Avery, guilty of first-degree intentional homicide as charged in the first count of the information. Good evening, and thank you for joining us for Clear and Convincing, the show that looks at criminal cases from the perspective of the courts, not the court of public opinion. We're Lisa O'Brien, podcasting from New Orleans, Louisiana, and Michael Carnahan from Little Rock, Arkansas. This is episode 30, State of Texas versus Rodney Reed. Tonight, we're going to be talk about some of the theories and allegations made by Reed's advocates in support of the theory that he was framed for the April 23, 1996 rape and murder of Stacey Lee Stites. The majority of these theories have never been raised in state or federal post-conviction claims asserted by Reed, nor has any evidence ever been offered to prove them in any hearings. In spite of that, there are podcasts and discussion groups that focus on these theories and people who believe them to be true. We're a live show, and as always, calls are welcome. Our phone number is 347-989-1171. And you can also message us because we are live on Facebook right now. And good evening, Michael. How are you? Good evening, Lisa. I'm doing pretty good. You forgot to mention we're also live on YouTube. So like, comment, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, If you want to, you know, if you want to get your opinion heard, feel free to comment. And uh, I'll definitely bring it up to Lisa's attention. But I'm doing great, Lisa, especially – Especially with what we're going to do tonight, I'm enjoying getting some of these uh, theories, so to speak, out of the way. You know, maybe getting people a little bit better understanding. You know, in my experience, um, we can keep trying, but there are people that are just invested in his innocence as they claim we're invested in his guilt. Right, and absolutely. so they're I mean, never gonna they're never gonna listen or see uh, the flaws or the other side. I mean, and this has become but, one of those topics. Uh, you know, OJ was headed there. Uh, this is becoming, I guess, the the best co- correlation I could come up with is West Memphis Three, where you're either so convinced that they're innocent, 
or you're so convinced that they're guilty. There is no in-between, and it's become a polarizing topic. Pretty much, yeah. Um, Now, I have to say, I mean, as I said initially after the 2020 episode, the reaction of at least my coworkers was that there's a lot missing from that 2020. There's a lot they weren't telling us. And he's got to be guilty because they hardly said anything about him. They focused right. on this other guy and a crime that happened 11 years later. Um, so, you know, hopefully the tide will turn and it'll be more well, difficult know, for talk- them to find support. As me and you have talked many a time, Lisa, you know, shows like 2020, Dr. Phil, uh, and these other shows and these documentaries that have been made about this case, they're there to do their objective. They're there to either make you believe the guilt or the innocence. And in a lot of cases uh, we've seen recently, as far as the media goes, it's the innocence. So, you know, yeah. they, they are doing their job. They, they you know, they're, they're not there to be fair and balanced, so to speak. Right. Well, and that's the thing. And with 2020, um, the producers that I spoke to, basically lied and they lied to to Carol and and Deborah and Crystal and Vivian and Linda because they mm-hmm. told us we're not going to pre- we're not here to present his side and mm-hmm. then that's basically what they did because right. they focused on Jimmy Finnell and they focused on the allegations against Jimmy Finnell and they did not tell the truth right about Rodney Reed absolutely um and the producer at one point said well our legal department was worried about slander i'm like you cannot slander a man on death row for murder right absolutely i mean he does not have a reputation point- to protect Exactly. At this point, his reputation is that he's a convicted murderer, and he's on death row, you know, awaiting his sentence to be carried out. Yeah. Whether you believe and, in you it know, or you're, not, that's, that's fact. And you're lucky Jimmy Finnell can't sue you, because he should. I, I, I mean, let's be honest here. You, you look at, you know, as many people as what, you know, the West Memphis 3 situation even I'm sure some of them would admit, even though some of them were a little bit out there, uh, even some of them would admit that, you know, they were still convicted. They were still fit. You know, these and technically mm-hmm. they are still convicted felons um, for these murders. So, I mean, it, it, you can't erase fact. You can, right. you can try to manipulate fact in, you know, incorrectly, but you can't erase fact. And right now the fact yeah. remains until – he comes forward or a court of law believes whatever he's spewing, he will be a convicted murderer. Definitely. So, but we'll just keep doing what we're doing and trying to, you know, keep at least something of a balanced presentation out there. Lisa, I think we need to start making merchandise, and I think our first shirt needs to be the Clear and Convincing Podcast, pissing people off one episode at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. 
That works. That works. Um, so, and, you know, I was looking forward to what we planned. It was not going to be, you know, it was going to be a, a it, it was going to be challenging for our guest. Right. Who, Absolutely. He who shall not be named. But it was not going to be adversarial. Right, absolutely. Um, I mean, and that's the thing, you know, we get into this doing the Monday night podcast. Whether you agree or disagree, you should be able to come in, present your story, back it up with facts, and, uh, you know, the gentleman that, you know, shall remain nameless proceeded to uh, email, correspond with you multiple times saying that you don't deal in facts, which is kind of funny because we do deal that's exactly what we deal in. We don't deal in hearsay. We deal in what's been presented in court, therefore factual information. Um, right. You know, and as long as you can come in that, and back it up, prove us wrong. Exactly. And that was what, you know, I think that was what, the way I framed the topics for him, you know, I think that, kind of set him off and he's he's a special person <laughs> he he seemed like a uh like a special leave it, snowflake leave it at that well no and i don't think it's necessarily <laughs> yeah. that but he just he it's oh, no, kind of hard to explain he he has um puffery. yes there, there, he's a legend in his own mind. There you go. There you go. We got our uh, first comment. It's from Tim Spartman. says he's watching from Bastard, Texas. We appreciate you, Tim, for watching us. Thank you, Tim. So, uh, yeah, he's a, a legend in his own mind. And let's leave it oh, at absolutely. that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, and he, he tends to project his flaws onto those. <laughs> On to, uh, those he's criticizing, right? Because if you read those emails, you you see that he's projecting a lot of his issues onto me. Oh, absolutely, um, absolutely. So, all right, well, let's get started. We're going to look at some of the some of the claims and allegations, um, and. Um, Basically, I'm going to try my best to do justice to them, um, and then basically, I'm going to get to now refute them, okay. which I might well, not do have done with uh, with our guest on the line had he had he actually you know grown up honored there. his commitment. You know. Oh yeah, that's a nice way of putting it. So, all right. One of the first things, uh, this is a popular one, uh, gets brought up a lot, is that there is a claim uh, that Dr. Elizabeth Johnson, who was appointed to be a DNA expert on behalf of Rodney Reed during the criminal prosecution, there's an allegation that she did not receive any of the evidence or reference samples 
and did no testing. So essentially the allegation is her testimony, her notes, and her bills are all frauds. Okay. She's in cahoots with the state to convict an innocent man of capital murder. Okay. Okay. Now, the basis of this claim uh, was that a, an air bill for one shipment to Dr. Johnson was obtained. Apparently, mm-hmm. a request was made to DPS to produce proof of delivery to Dr. Johnson. Johnson. Okay. Sorry. I always put a T in her name. I don't know why. Um, and DPS did not have a proof of delivery. Of course, this is one of those like it's like nail and jello the, um, theories because there are always additional little nuances that are brought in to support it. Um, there's an allegation that the information on the air bill is not even for Texas DPS. That apparently the the number is for a shipment between Walmart and Dell computers. Right. And some of this information purportedly is based on phone calls made to DHL or Airborne. I think it was Airborne at the time and DHLs bought it out. Okay, now when I worked for a major shipping company that I will not name... Mm-hmm. If someone had called me out of the blue and asked, started asking me about an airbill number, whether it was delivered or not, where it was to, where it was from, I would have been like, uh, excuse me, sir, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, you're going to have to talk yeah. to our legal department. Um, so one of the biggest flaws in this whole theory and the way it's built is – it's based on a phone call to an unidentified employee of a shipping company. Right. It, who's to it, say that the person who picked up the phone didn't just shine you on for the heck of it? Right. Here's the thing. Like, any shipping company, FedEx, UPS, DHL, um, any shipping company you can name off or rattle off is seeing millions and millions of packages per day. How exactly are you going to get them to narrow it down to exactly that package? Well, there is a there is an like a number on there's like a tracking number on the package air bill. However, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that they don't reuse tracking numbers. And the first phone call to the shipping company occurred three, no. Yeah, occurred three years after the shipment in question. So who's to mm-hmm. say that that number wasn't recycled or reused? And the weird part is that the air bill that is held out as proof has Texas Department of, uh, Department of Public Safety is pre-printed air bill and has an account number. Does Is there any investigation of this information? No. The focus right. is on 
three letters, GTN, that supposedly are an origination location in Georgetown, not Austin. And right. the the circular, you know, the yeah. the circular argument as for why that proves that Dr. Johnson didn't test anything is is mind boggling. So, right. um, now in order for this to be proven, really, he should have talked to Dr. Johnson. Mm-hmm. And asked Dr. Johnson, did you receive shipments from Texas Department of Public Safety? Because she tested the beer cans. And again, they're really, her testimony, her notes, her bills, all refute this entire theory. I mean, simple as that. Everything at trial refutes that this is true. So the theory is false. The testimony at trial has not been refuted because the theory does not refute it. Right. So, and now two additional experts, post-conviction experts, one who was actually a post-conviction expert for the state and the other one who was a post-conviction expert for Reed. Now he's, now they're being lumped in and they didn't get anything, but they are falsely providing post-conviction evidence apparently without ever getting anything from Texas DPS. Although what they were supposed to have gotten and is unclear. Okay. (laughs) Um, but, uh, and that's, again, I think, I think based on a lack of proof of delivery. Okay. You know, that, and that, the the DPS can't provide this individual with proof of delivery. Therefore, it was never delivered, which, you know, that's kind of like that. I've seen the argument that if they can't provide it to this person, then the, Defense didn't have it at trial, and that's like, no, that's not how it works. You make a freedom of information. I make a freedom of information request. If they can't provide it to me, that has nothing to do with what they provided to the defense at the time of trial. It just means they can't provide it to me now when I made the request. And yet... You see people saying, "Oh, they can't provide it. That means they don't. They didn't give it to the defense." And that's once again, you have to talk to Lydia Clay Jackson and Calvin Garvey and have them say whether they had it or not. Right. And that's how you establish what the defense did or didn't have at trial. So um, then there's another one that is really kind of hard again to nail down because the nuances of it change, but it's basically that all of the evidence collected in connection with the prior rape allegations against Reed were kept by David Board, never tested and 
So in spite of the testimony at trial that the only evidence board did keep was Vivian, and trust me, I'd like to talk to him as much as anybody about why that was done. Um, Right. And unfortunately, a reasonable explanation will be lost on a lot of people. Um, It could be, theoretically, it could be that until he had a suspect, he didn't want to risk DPS maybe losing the sample. Maybe he didn't have anybody to transport it to DPS at that time. I, you know, there are a lot of, and there are a lot of reasonable reasons. That one I do, I can say, Lisa, that I would see a little bit of an issue with. And the only reason why I say that is I go back to OJ. And when that was, when the DNA in that case wasn't handled correctly, it, you know, turned into a big deal. So, I mean, I can kind of see why this would be a big deal. But, you know, I mean, there are, and this was something that, and this may very well have been addressed during his testimony at the punishment phase, because David Board did testify. Um, right. But, it, you know, it may have been that he didn't have anybody to transport it to DPS. Uh, he didn't have a, a, a suspect. And so, until you, uh, you it, the DNA isn't going to tell you anything until you have something to compare it to. So I will say this and completely agree there. And once again, I'm just sitting here. These thoughts are coming to my head while I'm, while we're talking about it. Um, sitting here thinking about this though, um, he should have at least kept better notes. So we know, yes, this is why it wasn't transported. This well, is, you know, and this is again, like you know, again, this may have been addressed during the trial. Okay. Um, so we're not 100% sure that we don't know why it wasn't transported. We just know that it wasn't transported. Correct. And it, it that's okay. exactly. We don't it we know it wasn't and and they've never had the they've never hidden the fact that it wasn't. Right. It's just like Rocky Warlow, he testified I, he never had probable cause for a search warrant. That's why he didn't search the apartment. I mean, once again, though, that's get where I will acquiesce that that does sound a little funky to me. I will acquiesce that mishandling the DNA does sound a little funky to me, but that is But Yeah, but no, 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 go, wait oh a second. God, right? You are you are, <laughs> you are presuming mishandling, and this is something – People who don't work in law enforcement sometimes well, don't understand how it how it how it can work. And he maintained the sample, the rape kit, was sealed at the hospital. He kept it in a locked refrigerator in his office, and he was the only one with access to it. And then when they had a suspect he transport he had it sent to DPS where it was unsealed. So let me ask you this. What's and the processed by DPS. Protocol for this? 
Is that within the bylaws and the standard protocols for this situation? Is that you know, but it's, it's, it's going to depend because some, some, some police departments, they have an evidence lockup. They don't necessarily transport mm-hmm. every right. biological sample or piece of scientific evidence to a lab to be processed and tested immediately. But it's kept mm-hmm. under a chain of custody and maintained under a chain of custody. Well, it would certainly be interesting with, with to hear limited what access protocol would be. It would certainly be interesting just to you know hear that. Once again, I'm not saying that this is a smoking gun or by any stretch of the imagination. I can just see that this one does may have a little bit of legs as far as right. Eh, and you left yourself again, open on that one. Again, it's the the ultimate assertion is there is no evidence. DNA evidence proving that Rodney Reed raped Vivian. Well, obviously there Which is. is now saying that he mishandled the evidence. Like mm, that would no. also makes no sense. I'm not saying that. See, that's the thing. No, I'm not no, saying I'm that saying board exactly keeping it was mishandling. What no, I'm, I'm saying, saying is the claim that they're making, Lisa, is that there's no mm-hmm. evidence because of this situation, then that makes no fucking sense. You can't say you mishandled yeah. the evidence, but there's no evidence. Like that makes no fucking sense. Excuse my language, everybody that mm-hmm. may be watching. But um so uh again it it's they also, you know, again the claim is that he had every, he had all the DNA samples. Mm-hmm. which isn't true. Um, the only one that wasn't immediately transported to DPS was Vivian. The right kid? Okay. In October okay. of 1995. Okay. Um, and that, again, was a rape kit collected by a nurse at the hospital, which was sealed, and then David Board was the investigating officer. It was given to him. And he maintained a chain of custody. Um, so, and again, we, you know, what's the ultimate, what's the ultimate assertion that he used that to plant evidence? Well, how's he going to know that it's Rodney Reed? Right. If it was I mean, never that's tested. A very good point as well. You know. So, and then there's also, again, uh, there's the implication made frequently that there's no DNA evidence, any of the cases, including Stacy's rape and murder, and that any DNA evidence was planted by David Board using the rape so, kits or evidence from Vivian, Angela, and or Caroline. So, and that's why I need you to stop and explain this to me, because you just said in the previous sentence, and I'm not saying you said this, I'm talking about Rodney's people, just said in the previous sentence that he maintained the evidence too long, and that could have been improper. But now you're saying there is no evidence? Like, that makes no sense. That's again. You're you're acquiescing that there is evidence in the breath before this, but then you're saying in the next breath there is no evidence. Right. Or that all of the evidence that there is was planted by David Board. Wow. Even though in Stacy's case, in Stacy's case, David Board never had access, custody, or control 
of any of the evidence collected in Stacy's case. Yeah, that one that one makes no sense. The first part, whether you know, and that's just because I want to know what the protocol is on that. But other than that, this just makes no freaking sense. Yeah. So, and then in this day and age, um, there is a lot of negative information, false, misrepresented about Vivian, Angela, Linda, Connie, and Lucy, and sometimes Caroline, sometimes not. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that I, you know, that I think is really just ridiculous. And yet they they I mean this is not just a single person, this is all of Reed's advocates, including his brother Roderick. They denigrate Vivian, uh they denigrate Linda, Connie and Lucy. They're liars, they're part of the conspiracy, all this BS and yet we're supposed to believe Connie Lear. Right. Like no sense. You know, we're supposed to we're supposed to hate Jimmy Finnell for what he did to Connie Lear. But, you know, Rodney would never do anything like that. Yeah, and and then there's also again the kind of double standard. Jimmy Finnell's only been convicted of one thing, but he's accused of being a serial rapist. No, and he's you, accused. I want, to point out, I want to point out that none of us are Jimmy Finnell apologists by any stretch of the imagination either. We're just kind of sitting here saying, no. you know, why are you freaking accusing him of something he didn't do? There's plenty of reasons. And I, a douchebag. I, you know, and, and I'll say I believe Connie Lear. Right. I, you know, I, I believe her. Right. I don't think but that they, she's they, lying. I don't think she's trying to get attention. I don't call her a liar. Right. But these Reed advocates, they do that to Reed's rape victims. And they all, all because Reed was not tried for their rapes. That doesn't mean the crimes did not occur. And that doesn't mean the DNA linking him to those rapes doesn't exist. So, right. Um, now, another interesting claim is that uh, in 2015, there was a complaint lodged against Doug Shaver, who was a, who was appointed when the local Bastrop judge. Reva Towsley Corbett had to recuse herself. Okay. Um, there's a claim that that complaint led to Reed's March 5th, 2015 execution date being stayed. Mm-hmm. However, the order issued by the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals staying that execution cited claims Reed made in his seventh state writ and nowhere do they mention any allegations as to Doug Shaver's fitness as a judge, fitness to serve, oaths, or whatever issues were raised in the uh, complaint lodged against Doug Shaver, which 
by the way, five years later, uh, no committee has taken any action against Judge Shaver. Right. And I believe he has an unblemished record with the Judicial Commission or whatever it's called in Texas. So mm-hmm. uh, I would say that 2015 complaint led to zilch. Right. Um, I would agree. And then there's also been a complaint lodged against Lisa Tanner in, I think it was 2001, maybe 2002. But once again, Lisa Tanner remains in good standing with the state bar in Texas. Um, And to read the complaints on that one, it's kind of like it's a lot of speculation and it's a lot of hearsay and it's a lot of misrepresentation of the facts, which is probably why it never went anywhere either. Um, right. And then there's also a claim. Uh, this comes from one of Reed's family members who allegedly is so terrified of the Bastrop authorities that she will not testify. Basically means Reed is shit out of luck. Because if she won't testify to this in a court and prove that. Rocky Wardlow, Ed Salmella, Jimmy Finnell, David Board, and Curtis Davis were all in coots and were gathered around Finnell's truck the night Stacy was murdered, um, or the night before Stacy was murdered. Uh, then you know Rodney Reed is never going to be proven or exonerated. Um, and I, you know, I think basically there's there's never been any evidence connecting any of these people. Now, Jimmy Finnell and Curtis Davis, yes, they were friends. They knew each other. But there's never right. been any, any evidence connecting Rocky Wardlow to Jimmy Finnell, Ed Salmella to Jimmy Finnell, or David Board to Jimmy Finnell. Right. Uh, and the only thing connecting, connecting any of them is that they're all law enforcement. Um, and so for a, a certain group of people, that's a very convenient and easy-to-believe um, you know, it's very easy to believe all cops are corrupt. Right. Because some people are predisposed to believe all cops are corrupt rather than the truth is, you know, there are bad apples and there are good. Right, absolutely. Um, and then, of course, we have, there is, has never, ever been any proof Supporting a relationship between Reed and Stacy, there's never been a plausible theory offered of how they would have pulled off this relationship when, first of all, neither one of them owned a vehicle, and second, they lived 35 miles apart. And all this stuff, uh, a lot of mention is made, a lot of claims are made, well, her family believes, okay, these are cousins who hadn't seen Stacy in years, who think Jimmy Finnell killed her, but they don't have any firsthand basis for that. You know, that's not knowledge. That's their belief. That's a feeling that they have. Um, And it's probably not even based on knowing Jimmy Finnell or or having seen Jimmy Finnell and Stacey in a relationship. Uh, One Mm -hmm. cousin, Calvin Horton, claimed that there was a 
he saw Stacy and Reed together, but unfortunately he had them getting into a green car, which as with a lot of witnesses when they when they make a mistake on the vehicle being used by Stacy and Reed, they undermine their credibility. Because it sounds like they're trying to make up a detail, not realizing that that very detail is sinking their whole story. Now, she's had other cousins that have made claims on social media to have known of a relationship. However, those cousins have never testified or, to my knowledge, signed affidavits specifically attesting to a relationship. I think Heather Staub signed an affidavit um, about a conversation she had with Carol where Carol said Stacy might have known Reed from the store. Right. Or something along those lines. But that doesn't mean Carol knew there was a relationship. And it's not Carol saying there was a relationship. That's how Heather Stobbs wants to hear it and believe it. That's fine, whatever. But again, there's still no proof of a relationship. And I continually go back to the fact that when Stacy was murdered, Nobody at HEB said anything about Rodney Reed. Mm-hmm. Even though these people all confirmed to Rodney Reed's attorneys that there was some kind of relationship going on. Nobody told Bastrop PD about Rodney Reed between 1996 and 1997 when DNA linked Rodney Reed to the murder and right. the rape of Stacy Sites. Um. So, and then, you know, there's something that doesn't get a lot of of mention that maybe people don't mm-hmm. even think about is I still have yet to see a single plausible explanation that would support mm-hmm. the claims that multiple officers from multiple agencies risk their jobs to cover up a murder committed by a rookie officer. Curtis Davis specifically said in his CNN interview, he would not have helped Jimmy Finnell cover up Stacy's death. David Hall testified at a habeas hearing that he did not help Jimmy Finnell cover up Stacy's death. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there just, there isn't, and there's no evidence connecting Jimmy Finnell to any of these other officers that would support or or provide a plausible explanation as to why they would help him cover up a murder. You're right, absolutely. It makes that it, it, it yeah. literally makes no sense to me. You know, it it would take a massive cover-up, and a lot of people would have to be involved, in my opinion, and you're mm-hmm. talking about, the, you know, the more people involved, the more potential you're going to get a weak person who would turn around and say something, you know, right. I, I call them a weak person, but, you know, somebody that under scrutiny would talk, and, uh, yeah. you know, if it... If, it, it, it they must have done a damn good vetting process, because nobody's talked in what... Uh, coming up on 30 20, well, no, it's 1996 was the murder. Yeah, and that's another thing, too, that absolutely makes absolutely no sense, is why would they not 
have arrested Reed on April 23, 1996, gotten a warrant, gotten a biological sample out of him, and immediately connected him to the rape and murder of Stacey Seitz. Right. Why would they wait almost a year? If they're going to frame that somebody, they're going to frame makes them and get it done. Absolutely no sense. They're going to frame somebody. They're framing him right away. They're not letting a year go by. So, um, and then there's also, I mean, the Reeds didn't come forward when HEB was offering a reward. Right. They had the secret affair. They had the alleged threats against Rodney Reed. Why wouldn't they go to HEB? Why wouldn't they go to police and say, hey, he was having an affair Jimmy found out. Jimmy threatened him, threatened her. And, you know, frankly, again, and I think other people have have brought this out, Jimmy Finnell, why would he kill Stacy? Why would he not have shot Reed? Right. I mean, I mean here's the thing you mentioned, you know, why wouldn't uh, the Reed family have come out whenever – HEB offered the award, reward. Well, I mean, you're talking about a claim that wasn't made until I, in the, in, you know, we've gone over this a few times, but I may be mis, misconstruing what I remember. But a claim that wasn't made until they were at trial or until, yeah, I don't believe you said it, that it was even brought up until trial. It, you know, it was one of those things out of left field. I could be wrong on that. But I know it was definitely I think, after several attempts to use other stories. I, I think there was an ineffectual attempt to say there was some kind of an affair when they were trying to get Reed's bail, either get mm-hmm. bail reduced or get uh, get bail set. Right. And Sandra Reed claimed that Stacy was a girlfriend of Rodney's. Mm-hmm. But it didn't it didn't really go anywhere beyond that uh but i think that's where the hair testing came in right so that in the event that they they tried to make that claim at trial the state would have the hair testing that proved they were lying because uh that was one of the things uh, Chris Aldridge said later was they used to drive around smoking crack, and the hair test proved Stacy didn't have drugs in the last 32 months of her life. Plus, she had a clean drug test when she was hired by HEB, and um, her her tox screen at autopsy was clean. Mm-hmm. So, um, not to mention, I mean, there's several tales. Of somebody that's actually doing, you know, the hardcore drugs that they were saying that she was doing. You know, there's several tales. You know, we've actually talked with her mom and her sister on uh, on a previous episode before. They would be able to tell if their if their sister and their daughter was on these hardcore drugs that Rodney's family has, you know, accused her of being doing and things like that. Like, come on now. I, I don't yeah. Know that for a second. I I get that, you know, I agree with that as well. So, um, so then uh, another thing, there was a prediction back in around 2018 that there would be some misfortune to befall Bryce Benjet. 
Um, some of Reed's advocates were unhappy with Ben Jett's uh, representation. That sounds not more. That sounds more like a threat than a claim. Well, you know, it was. Um, it's we. The individual tends to talk in hyperbole and is very right. dramatic. And so, right. you know, I think it was an effort to be dramatic. But the funny thing is the precise misfortune was never specifically yeah, identified. Never. Right. And three years later, it hadn't happened unless living in Queens – and contributing to the Queens County catch and release program is a misfortune for Bryce Benjett, but I don't think somebody like Bryce Benjett has a problem with letting criminals back out on the streets. Maybe old Bryce fell and twisted his ankle and that was the misfortune. Maybe so. <laughs> but, you know, I haven't, I haven't seen him limping. Oh, true, true. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, and then and he was even featured. I think he was featured on the 2020 episode. Oh wow, Christy! Even though Christy he wasn't did, uh, representing Reed any longer. I want to point. Um, out there was also Lisa. a claim. Uh, Lisa, this out to you. We got a comment from Chrissy here on Facebook. Said she's watching from Nova Scotia. So I believe that's Canada. Wow, we're international tonight. Yay! It's I it's cool. I think it's pretty cold up there too right now, huh? It's pretty cold Please in Arkansas. Stay warm, Christy. It's cold in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we were in the seventies today, so it's gonna the temperature's gonna come down because we got some rain. Right. So, right. Uh, another claim made was that Judge J.D. Langley, who is now presiding over Reed's case would be criminally charged in connection with his part in the execution of Larry Swearingen. Uh, once again, yeah. two years later, that hasn't happened. So I, I, I think these, I think these claims were basically just to be dramatic and mm. probably knowing that the receptive audience would not dare question him about what he was right. talking about or mm-hmm. point out three years later or two years later that whatever he's talking about ain't happened yet. Right. So, exactly. Um, now, another one, and this one baffles me to no end because it, it just, it makes, it, it's like, I don't see how you can arrive at that with the information that you have. Um, there, there is a claim going around that Stacy was pregnant at the time of her death because right. Dr. Bayardo used the word Paris, uh, I think it's P-A-R-O-U-S, in the autopsy report. Now, supposedly... In the vast number of autopsies of women that this individual has reviewed over the years, um, not a, no quantification of that. He's only seen the word "perish" used one other time 
when the victim was actually pregnant. So, Lisa, so I want to can't look. So there's second. no looking online to see what the word Paris means. I want to. They're just t- jumping right both feet to a wrong conclusion. I want to ask you. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you for a little bit more clarification on this. Has he elaborated how far along she was? Because I mean, at a certain point, no. you've got to cut off the bullshit. Because there's going to be a fetus, and where's the fetus if she was pregnant? Come on now. Mm-hmm. Once again, right. that's one of those well, get the hell out of here claims. And this one, this one too, and and I have had a minion defend it. Um. The word Paris does not mean pregnant. The word Paris means that you have produced a child or children. So my sister, one of my sisters is Paris. My other sister and I are non-Paris because neither of us has ever had a child. The term that is used to refer to a pregnancy, an ongoing pregnancy, is gravid. Right. And that's in medical records. Look at any medical records, maternity medical records. You'll see gravid and Paris. Gravid, if they're pregnant, and Paris, if they've produced prior children. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, Paris, yes, we know we know Stacy had a child, so yes, she was a Paris woman. Right. Um, there's also in the in the autopsy report, as you pointed out, there's no reference to a fetus. There's no reference to any gestational stage of a fetus. Uh, and again, but I'm sure that's you know, I left out in this conspiracy, right? Well, again, this is something, and I've had a minion defend it. Because this guy has never seen Paris used before, then he must be right. But Mm -hmm. it's like Paris doesn't mean pregnant. Right. You know, and I'm not, I'm not claiming to have gone through, you know, I'm not claiming to have gone through this vast number of autopsy reports. Um, In fact, you know, my experience with autopsy reports is admittedly somewhat limited. However, I can use an internet dictionary and I can look up the word Paris and I can look up the word gravid and I can see that Paris is not used to refer to a pregnancy. Paris solely refers to having produced a child or not. Gravid is what's used to refer to a pregnancy. So um, so this is another one. He's claiming Stacey's pregnant, and he's claiming Carol told him she was pregnant. Um, he's claiming that he confronted one of Stacey's sisters. Once he said it was Deborah, another time he says it's Crystal. Um, and uh, she went white as a sheet, and she didn't say anything, whichever sister it was. And, you know, frankly, I want to say she probably went white as a sheet and didn't say anything to you because she couldn't believe that you were had the audacity to say something like that to her at a hearing for the man who murdered her sister. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
It could have been sheer shock at what you were saying, not any, not an, um, not an acknowledgement or uh, an affirmation. So, um, but yeah, that that one's another crazy, crazy thing. Uh, I'm looking for. Uh, actually, I thought of a good way that I can I can prove this once and for all in the autopsy report of Colette McDonald, who we know okay. was pregnant at the time she was killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's see. I'm looking at the... It's kind of hard to read because it's 1970, so it was like microfished. Uh, okay. One of the things is uh, recovery of a fetus measured mm-hmm. from crown to rump and weighed, uh, identified as male. And let's see, um, I don't see the word Paris or Gravid, but it's very difficult to read this autopsy report. So, um, yeah, I can't, I can't read this one. And I don't think that there's a transcription of it anywhere but yeah there there we have it um but neither of the words you know gravis gravid or paris was used as far as i could tell um right and that's going to also depend on that's going to depend on the um on the medical examiner right so but uh yeah anyway this is um gravid is the term used and and an internet dictionary would have basically cleared that whole thing up so uh and then um there are also a lot of wild claims uh regarding the the death of Ed Salmella and most of it's based on hearsay statements from Paul Alexander and assertions that the the weapon used to kill Ed Salmella was turned into the police department when Ed Salmella was fired. Um, mm-hmm. But no documentation or... And, and that's another thing with a lot of these claims, even though they're supposedly based on reports and uh, documentation... Seldom is are those reports of documentation ever offered to support the claims. Right. Um, and most of the time they're based on statements made by people to the proponent of these mm-hmm. claims. Um, so this is another one. There's, you know, Paul Alexander claims that he took the guns in and and the gun that was used was one of the guns that he took in but um 
somebody else returned it to Ed Salmella. Well, if the gun was taken in and then returned, then that's how it was in Ed Salmella's possession to later commit suicide with it. Right. Um, and then there's also claim that he that there was a federal law that would have prohibited the gun from being turned in, and the federal law pro- required that the guns all be seized. Uh, but the federal law and its enforcement in the state of Texas, in the county of Astrop, in the city of Astrop, is somewhat of a gray area. Because local police generally do not enforce federal laws. Mm-hmm. Um, unless there's like a joint task force with federal and local law enforcement, like drug type investigations, fugitive investigations. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of debatable as to whether or not Bastrop County. Bastrop City Police would follow a federal domestic violence law and automatically seize guns. And to this day, that's not even done in every jurisdiction all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, George Zimmerman should not have been able to get a carry permit because he had a domestic violence restraining order against him. Yet, Right. He was able to get a carry permit in the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. So uh, gun laws and Second <laughs> Amendment issues are a slippery slope. Um, and then there's another wild claim, again, claimed to be based on reports, but generally they're not open with providing full reports. Um, for people to read and make their own judgments on. Um, There's a claim that there were bags observed in the truck at the high school parking lot on the morning of April 23rd, 1996. And there were bags found in a dumpster at the high school that contained clothing. Now, first of all, there's a claim that the clothing belonged to Stacy. Mm-hmm. I have yet to hear from her mother, her sisters, that there was any clothing of Stacy's missing after her death right. from that apartment. Because the allegation is that Jimmy Finnell packed up all the clothing in bags and put it in the truck when he dumped Stacy's body. Of course, if he's going to dump Stacy's body in the truck, why didn't he dump them in Giddings? So that he could walk back to his apartment. Um, but there's there's an allegation that the bags observed in the truck and the bags in the dumpster were one and the same, and that they contained Stacy's clothes. Um, there's not a shred of evidence, statements, reports, or testimony that supports any of that. Right. There's not even a statement that says the bags in the truck were the same bags as the ones found in the dumpster. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've ever listened to any of these advocates 
but it, it, it's a I'm lot of fast to, talking honestly. and a lot of um. Hmm. I'm trying not to honestly because tonight is proving my point. A lot of it, a lot of the shit they're gonna say is just completely off the wall. And then finally, the last one, and I, I guess if we're not gonna have any um any uh, participation from the audience. Uh, this is the last know. one that I could come up with this evening. No, 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 and I'm not I'm criticizing anybody. I'm I'm, I'm just looking at the clock, and it's only 9 o'clock. Yeah, no, I'm actually really surprised <laughs> how quickly we blew through these. But, you know, it's not hard to blow through a bunch of BS, so. Right. Um, yeah, there's a the claim that Judge Shaver and Judge Langley had, have, will never have authorization to preside over the case because uh, they haven't signed the required oath, um, even though oaths are on record, at least for Judge Langley. Now, apparently, Judge Shaver, Mm -hmm. there was an old record of an oath at the Secretary of State's office, but they couldn't produce the physical, actual oath. When it was requested. Okay. Um, you have to sign two oaths as a judge in Texas. There's some mm-hmm. confusion or disagreement about when and how often. There are some sources that say when you become a judge, you sign it and you're done. Okay. And there are some people that argue that every time, a, like especially a judge like Judge Langley, who is a retired judge, being appointed to handle cases in other other counties other than his own, Brazos County, I think it is, um, that you have to sign one every time you're appointed to a new case. And that it has to be filed in, in a new case. And, uh, you know, every to time you, fair, you're. To be fair, I would think that that would be the standard so that, you know, you could just have that and avoid anything like this. But, you know, I have a feeling it's not. Well, I, but I, I think it's um, a lot of the cases I've seen is once you sign an oath, it covers you. Right. Okay. Now I mean, I'm looking at I I I'm looking here. I was going back to the autopsy report. Heyman Lee mm-hmm. had a non gravid uterus because she wasn't pregnant. Uh, okay. Um. So gravid is what refers to pregnancy, not Paris. Let's go back to that. <laughs> right. Yeah, a gravid boa constrictor. As far as the oath thing goes, I don't think anybody's oath is defined by borders and of cities and counties and you know even states. But you know, hey, it is what it is. You know, once again, to avoid technicalities like this, I guess maybe you should. Who knows? Well, but I don't. I don't think that a. You know, I don't think that just because somebody thinks that's what you're supposed to do. Some Joe Blow off the street and that, okay, you know, judges, 
since Joe Blow off the street thinks this should be done every year, we're going to start doing it every year. Right. I mean, and once again, you know, I, I think in a lot of cases, at least here in Arkansas, uh, judges are based are elected. So I mean, if it's a situation where, hey, why don't we, why don't we just do an oath of office every time like you do any other elected official? I want to bring this to your attention, Lisa. Uh, Tim says. It's uh-huh. hard to hear, Lisa, but what is the latest conspiracy theory of time of death and how Stacy got dressed? Last I heard was she was drowned earlier in the night and taken to the area she was found. And I'll try to turn up the volume a little bit so you can hear Lisa a little bit better. Um, well, worry, the, the generally in the uh, time of death arguments made by Reed's advocates, they don't address how she was dressed. Right. Ignore the fact that when she got home that afternoon, she changed clothes. Mm Mm-hmm. And was last seen by her mother at 8 o'clock that night wearing a T-shirt and shorts. Right. Um, And they don't... Also, uh, this is another thing that they never acknowledge is that 2014 DNA testing. Reed's right. DNA was found on Stacy's pants, on her body, and on the back brace in the truck. And right. not a one of the advocates will ever address that. You're jumping too high, Lisa. You're setting your expectations too high. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I mean that's interesting. Uh, that's interesting that he mentions. You know, I hadn't heard that. You know, some people were thinking that she was drowned earlier in the night and then taken to uh, I, to the spot. again. Uh, it if she was drowned earlier in the night at eight o'clock, she was wearing a uh, t-shirt and shorts. She wasn't right. wearing her uniform. We have a uh, another comment here uh, from Chrissy. She says, doesn't the ME have a duty to enter into his notes if she was pregnant? The details on the fetus, etc. This is upsetting for someone to claim she was pregnant despite the evidence to the contrary. And yeah, I mean, I think that's exactly what I said, Chrissy. If, you know, if there was, you know, okay, are we going to set how pregnant was she? Um, you know, why is right. there a fetus? Um, you know, I completely agree with you, Chrissy. Uh, they need to get out of here with that claim. And I wish the gentleman that was supposed to be on here that shall remain nameless would have been here to face me for that one because I would have called him a moron. I'm going to be honest yeah. about it. And, you know, like I said, it, it's if she had been pregnant, that would have been documented as part of the autopsy. And it wasn't. Because she wasn't pregnant, because the the person who's claiming she was is basing it on a word he doesn't know the meaning of. Right, exactly. And he's never bothered to investigate the meaning of that word. It's so funny that this individual prides himself on dealing in facts. And yet, he's establishing he a fact by misusing a word. 
I mean, I think probably the funniest part about that was he did, he said something about dealing in evidence, and I'm pretty sure that's exactly what was put in at trial, and you haven't presented any overwhelming evidence since that of his innocence. So, just saying. Right. Right. You guys are clapping. And, uh... <laughs> well... Uh, you know, I I I can say it. You can't, Lisa. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah, he is a little. Uh, like I said, he's special. That's all I can say. He's special. He's eccentric. Yeah. He has a. So, he has an inflated self worth. True. I will, and I will say. I mean, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. He's a legend in his own mind. Brandon, I'm not sure what you were commenting. Uh, I'm not sure what you were commenting there. You put, just put your name and put two. So, uh, if you have a comment, feel free to comment again. And let me see here. Stacy uh, commented on. Let me see. Uh, don't see. Uh, okay. Uh, she says she commented on the Blog Talk Radio side. Let me look here and see if I can. See a question on the on the uh, chat function here for you, Miss Lisa. Um, do, 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 okay. do. Oh, y'all killing me here because now I got to remember the password. Oh, killing me! You want me to look? No, it's okay. okay. Yeah, I'm not going to try to get. Locked out. If you can, please comment on the live video. I apologize. Um, unfortunately, the chat function isn't uh, isn't working. And Brandon just said he wanted to let us know that he was watching. We appreciate you for watching this, Brandon. Thanks, Brandon. But but no, absolutely. I mean, and some of these claims, literally, and I, you know, I I kind of laughed to myself and said things like, "Get out of here with that!" Whenever you brought them up, because they're so far fetched. I mean, nothing exemplifies these claims, these eighteen claims that we just went over, more than the pregnancy claim. The pregnancy claim is yeah. the most number one atrocious, and number two just. Are you freaking kidding me? Like, especially yeah. now knowing that he doesn't know the meaning of a word, that he's so intelligent. And I don't—I know you can't see me, Lisa, but I just tightened my tie. Um, you know, <laughs> come on now, dude, get out of here with that. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna need you to—I'm gonna, I'm gonna need you to come with something plausible because there's plenty. Honestly, when I first met Lisa, and I'm going to give you guys a, a real quick spiel. When I first met Lisa, or, you know, it was a couple episodes in that we were doing a different podcast, we covered this case. And at that time, I told Lisa, I was like, it's on you, Lisa, at this point to convince me that he did this. And because I had just watched a documentary, and Lord, it's been years. I forget the name of the documentary, but I was pretty convinced. I was like, that bastard Jimmy Finnell did it, which, I mean, once again, I have no problem saying Jimmy's a bastard because his actions since then have uh, been pretty reprehensible, but that doesn't mean that he committed murder. And Lisa's done a damn good job, you know, over the past few years of, you know, convincing me that that it's not 
you know, uh, a controversy. It's not a situation where we need to sit here and think. I mean, if you look at the facts here, Rodney Reed is where he needs to be, and this sentence needs to be carried out, in my opinion. Um, Yeah. You know, but like I said, the pregnancy claim, like there is so much – that you can put out there, and like I said, you know, that would make me question, okay, well, hmm, you know, kind of like the DNA thing. Okay, what's the protocol there? I would still like to know what the protocol there is and if this dude screwed up. But, you know, then you you counterbalance that with some idiotic theory about pregnancy. Like, oh, these right. people. And, you know, that another thing, too, is that Sometimes these theories and these alternative scenarios are not really, they're not meant to prove anything one way or the other. They're merely meant to distract from the real issue. Um, I think in the, the pregnancy allegation, I think in the small mind of the proponent of the allegation it somehow proves the relationship. Right. And there's great there's great fun in this person or great satisfaction in this person saying that Stacy was about to deliver a mixed race baby. Right. I mean and let's be honest, that would have been the smoking gun. There would have been nothing else that could have been done. If you can present a mixed race baby and that baby has Rodney Reed as its father and there's a DNA test done on that, okay, bingo bingo. But guess what? Now it's awful convenient that she was pregnant but she lost the baby or, you know, she was pregnant at the time. Come on now. Like this Right. No, and again this is and up. and it's an allegation that she was pregnant that is entirely out of whole cloth. Because the proponent doesn't understand a word. Right. The proponent believes a word means something that it doesn't. And like I said, one of the minions defended this with me. And I tried to explain multiple times. I'm saying this because Paris doesn't mean pregnant. Gravid means pregnant. Right. Oh, I was able to get in um, on the uh, oh, you were? talk radio page, so I've posted a response to Stacy. Okay. That is a great point. If they were going to frame him, uh, why would they not frame him with evidence that he was near the scene that night? Why didn't they have solid evidence that Stacy left at 3 in the morning? I've often said if Jimmy really did commit the crime, he would have been more he would have found a way to be more sure about Stacy leaving. Mm-hmm. And I, you I'll know, people this. make a big deal of you know, him not being able to say for sure, but being able to say her habit and them not talking to anybody else. Well, you know, when you live with somebody that's the only person that's going to know your your habits well, and, and you your routine. With, and you know Tim with his uh, with his 
unique perspective being from Bastrop says, unfortunately, Reed was a drug dealer slash user in 96. Every skinny white girl seen with Reed back then is now thought to be Stacy. And, you know, right. that's interesting, you know, that that's what we've come to is, oh, well, that was Stacy, you know. And Lord Jesus, help me. <laughs> Lord Jesus, help me. <laughs> so, but, uh, no, I mean, you know, that's, and, you know, Jimmy's going to be the only person that's going to know what should or shouldn't be in the truck. Absolutely. Nobody else is going to know that. And for people to criticize the police for, you know, asking Jimmy, like, he's the only one that's going to know. It's his truck. Yeah, it's his truck. I mean, it he, he and Stacey are the only two people of, that use it on a regular basis. Of all the things we yeah. brought up tonight, and, you know, I mentioned that there's plenty of stuff out there that would make one question. You know, uh, Jimmy's behavior post there. I still question his behavior post uh, murder just because, you know, why the hell did you sell the truck so quickly? You've made a good point that, you know, do you really want to hold on to something that, you know, was Correct. involved with this situation? But, you know, that still Correct. is something that would make me go, hmm. But then you, you know, you counterbalance it with these claims and you're like, oh, my goodness, Lord help you. Because you ain't right. got a brain cell. And you know what, though? You got to understand, you probably maybe don't see it. He's damned if he did and he's damned if he didn't. If he held right. on to the truck, you know, he would be, it would be a souvenir of the crime. Oh, good point. Good point. You know, just like I said, if they had searched the apartment, if they had gotten Jimmy's permission or consent and they searched the apartment and they found absolutely no evidence of any crime having been committed there. They would have been accused of not looking hard enough well, because they didn't tear up carpets and they didn't tear out baseboards and they didn't tear up walls. So they didn't I'll try hard much, enough though, to find evidence. I'll say this much, and I know it's not the cop's job to do this, but it would leave a lot less wiggle room for the potential things that actually do make you stop and go, hmm, you know what I'm saying? So it, had they actually searched and found no evidence or, you know, had he not sold the truck or what have you, I feel like there would be a lot less wiggle room for controversy in this case. Well, again, I think there's always going to be something. If it right. wasn't I, that, I if like it wasn't those things, there'd be something else. You right. know, it would be, it would be, they would accuse Andrew Cardenas Stacy's work buddy because you know he waited like two and a half hours before he tried to call or have anybody call Carol I also want to point out this fact you know and I'm going to say it's a fact um, because I'm just going to be completely transparent with you guys and you can feel free to send your hate tweets to me um because I'm sure Lisa's not going to agree with this, but one person I don't blame for making these stupid outlandish claims is Rodney, because I'm just saying if I'm on death row and I know I'm going to die, I'm going to do everything I can to save my life. I blame the people that are enabling this situation and causing this to gain traction. Um, Like I said, you know, if I know I'm going to be 
killed, I'm going to do everything I possibly can to save my life. So I don't blame him for trying to do everything possible to save his life. I blame the people that are actually enabling him to do it. Uh, Tim said, who would keep a vehicle that uh, their wife was the wife to be was raped and murdered in? And I completely agree with you, Tim. I just the quickness with which he sold the vehicle kind of made me pause. Uh, and once again, I was watching a documentary at the time. Those are made to make you go, hmm. But, uh, you know, that's one thing I will say. I, I don't blame Rodney for trying his damnedest to save his own life. But, you know, I blame the people that perpetuate his ability to do so, if that makes sense, Lisa. Yeah, it does. But I I just don't – I don't know. I, I find it kind of – it's like Kobicki. We talked about him last week. He says if I did mm-hmm. it, I would cop to it. And it's like, bullshit. No, you wouldn't. Right. True. True. Who the hell ever's gone? You what know. murderer do you know that's ever stood up and said, okay, yeah, I killed this person? Right. I mean, even when they even when they admit to doing it, they, they try and, you know, claim self-defense or they, were uh, they didn't mean to. The gun went off by accident. All those, you know. Right. All those things. So, um, but yeah, I have a that's, feeling that we're getting. I have a feeling we're getting. Down and I, you know, I'm. I, I I'm going to point out like one more time that yeah. as far as the truck goes, first of all, Rodney Reed was not arrested for eleven months. Right. So there's no evidence that. Department of Public Safety could have even held on to the truck for that long. There's no evidence that Jimmy Finnell would have let them hold on to his truck for that long because it was always going to be his truck. Right. Um, He could have sued to get it back. And I will say, again, I've said it before, I'll say it again. If the police in Iowa, Nebraska can track down a truck that's been sold twice in order to uncover evidence of a murder, then Rodney Reed's attorneys and his investigators could have found that truck and recovered it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I agree. But like I was saying, you know, I think we're getting down to the nitty-gritty with Rodney. It, I feel like we're getting to the end of the rope where before too long it's going to come to, well, you can't execute him because he's, you know, mentally incompetent. We're going to get to the final-ditch efforts, I think, before too long. Well, if, if that is a, if that is an issue, legitimately, they need they don't need to hold that back. They should have pursued well, that already. Know, that's usually, and that's usually the last this doesn't. Is, oh, he's overweight, it, or oh, he's incompetent. It it doesn't work though. I if know, you but wait, once again, it doesn't stop him from doing it. But but of course, every news agency out there says that they're executing a mentally retarded person. Well, I mean, Brandon actually disagrees with me. He says, uh, "Give this ten more years, and there will be a thousand more conspiracies." So, I mean. Maybe. I just I feel like they're it's getting to the point where they're getting so outlandish that they cannot have any more left in their back pocket. 
Yeah, I I think when this I think when this writ when the hearings go forward and these witnesses are found to not be credible and and that's my prediction based on the fact that all of them waited 23 years to come forward. Um, right. I, I don't think Reed is going to have another successful round of habeas. Right. You know, the time of death issue, and, and this is another thing, another problem that I have, is that the entire advocacy program for Rodney Reed involves recycling claims that have been raised and rejected. The beer can raised and rejected. The time of death raised and rejected. He has yet to prove a relationship because every witness he's brought forward to date has been found not to be credible or reliable. Right. So, um, I I just I don't know if I can do ten more. You know, I wish they'd at least come up with some new material. Right. Well, I mean, and that's the scary part. Like I said, you know, they're getting to the end of the rope with some of these conspiracy theories, in my opinion. And at at this point, we're going to just keep getting more and more outlandish. Uh, Brandon says, not disagreeing with you. I've just seen this unfold from the beginning, and his supporters will say anything. Hence, they will make up anything. I can't disagree with you. Uh, Tim says, OMG, I bet prosecution wishes that they had the truck to run touch DNA. I bet Reed's DNA would be found for sure. The fact that it was sold so quickly helps Reed way more than prosecutors. Interesting point. Interesting point, mm-hmm. Tim. And you it's never true. never thought about it from that aspect. It, no, that's and that is true. And that that's why... And that's why Reed's what? counsel did not attempt to to locate the truck because why it was strategy for them that's a, that's a to point. complain that's about right the there. truck not being maintained. If 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 Reed is if Reed's DNA is found in that truck, case closed. We're done. It's already been found because it was found on the back brace that was in the truck. And this okay. is another this is another allegation which is basically kind of um uh taking an argument to an absurd place. Um uh, they claim that somehow Rodney Reed managed to remove only his fingerprints from the truck without removing any fingerprints from Jimmy or Stacy. Um and they, they claim that's the argument the state made, that, that he was somehow, you know, had supervision so he could see his fingerprints and manage to remove his, but not theirs. Hey, that's and that's not the argument the state made. Criminal. First of all, if you're worried about fingerprints, you're going to be careful of what you touch. Right. And if you are worried about fingerprints, you are going to be mindful of what you touch, and before you walk away, you are going to wipe down whatever you might have touched. Right. Of course, I mean, you all, they always forget at least one spot. Uh, Stacy says she would have sold the truck as well. Yeah. I, you know, I would have sold the truck. 
But like I, I said, I mean, it, the truck could have been tracked down only, if Reed's attorneys really wanted to examine it. The only thing, though, that that still leads me back to, though, is, I, I, I mean, Tim's point made, is very interesting to me. If they could find, if they could get the truck, why haven't prosecutors gotten the truck yet? That's my question. What, because where the case like stands right could, now, the prosecution, the prosecution isn't at liberty to test anything it wants whenever it wants. Well, that seems like BS. Why not? Um, You know, especially not going out and and finding the truck and getting the truck back, acquiring the truck somehow, and then running touch DNA. Now, in reality, actually, though, touch DNA on the interior of the truck after all these years would be difficult. Would not have been successful because whoever's owned it in the interim, their DNA is going to be there. Right. Um, the truck in the wintertime is going to be subjected to cold. In the summertime, it's going to be subjected to high heat. And, so, and those factors are uh, destructive to DNA. Well, and Lisa, Tim says, I believe that now that the Stites family is going public, the Reed defense will start to crumble. We are going to see folks jumping off that bandwagon. I don't know. I feel like the I feel like Rodney's got gained such a massive appeal that people are willing to go out on their swords for this. I I feel like they're willing to uh, fight till the bitter end for this one, just because I, he somehow I agree. has gotten has gotten this, you I'll, know, this following. Almost, you although know, I, again, I, I think compared to West Memphis 3. Although I think that Carol and Deborah and Crystal are really great advocates for Stacy. Oh, absolutely. And they do provide a, uh, they do provide a connection that is important. Mhm. Um, and I, I think they do provide. I, I think they do provide a level of credibility that people can't because. Oh yeah. I imagine that 2020 episode, the the impact might have been different if they had talked to 2020 at all. Mhm. So, um, it might it might have been even more skewed in favor of Reed. Right. Exactly. Oh. Well, Lisa, my brain's hurting. <laughs> you ready to put so, a bow on her? Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and call it a night because it it has been an exhausting few days. Oh my goodness, my brain is <laughs> so, hurting after hearing some of this BS that they're coming up with. Yeah, yeah, and we'll have to um, we'll have to look at these again at some point in time, maybe look at all the, all the issues that have been addressed and their outcomes, but we'll put, we'll save that for another day. Real quick, before we, before we put a bow on it, I do want to get to these two comments. Brandon says, I'd like to point out how many people have pointed out that police officers strap their seatbelts without wearing them. I couldn't tell you how many black friends I have that do the same thing. No scientific evidence to support this. Just saying and uh, Tim says, until they see the picture of a 12-year-old with bite marks on her face caused by Reed when he raped her, just my opinion. 
And uh, Tim, yeah. said, thanks guys for all you do. Thank you thanks, for watching, y'all. Thanks for listening, watching. Uh, it's really great. Um, and I, you know, I want to say that the stuff about police officers, um, the actual investigation. I think the theory was that Reed pulled Stacy out of the driver's seat, out of her seat belt, mm-hmm. and then just didn't bother to unhook it and wear it himself. Okay. Uh, because it, it looked like, and yeah, police do it, but you and I have talked about this. Yeah, police probably do it in their patrol cars because yeah. they, you know, have to exit the vehicle quickly. Yeah. However, in their private vehicles in a state where seatbelt use is mandatory, they wear them. And this is police officers actually, again, these are advocates for Reed, police officers who are basically providing the public with false information. Absolutely. Because if you do it in your patrol car, do you do it in your personal vehicle? And if you're doing it in your personal vehicle now, with everything we know about what seatbelts can do to save lives, you're an idiot. Pretty much. Pretty much. So, um, but, you know, again, that – and Stacy wasn't Fennell. Right. And another factor that they don't acknowledge is that the position of that seat was not conducive to someone of Stacy's height driving it or someone of Fennell's height driving it. But it fit perfectly for a person of 6'2", like Reed. And the mirror was adjusted perfectly. And yet, they can't explain that either. So, they concentrate on the seatbelt. And that's, again, it's bait and switch. It's distract. It's throw as much bullshit out there as you can to hope nobody notices that there's no substance to anything you're saying. Um, and that Absolutely. is basically what it all comes down to. So, all right, let's let's call it a night on that note. <laughs> Thank let's you for listening it. to Clear and Convincing. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Clear and Convincing with Lisa O'Brien and Michael Carnahan. If you like our show and want to know more, you can find us on Facebook. Go to our blog at clearandconvincingpodcast.wordpress.com or follow me on Twitter at O'Brien LN. Join us on Tuesday, February 9th, 2021 at 8 o'clock p.m. Central for Episode 31, State of Louisiana versus Gregory Harris. We'll look at the February 2009 murder of attorney Chiquita Tate in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Her body was found in her office, and she'd been stabbed multiple times, and the office showed signs of a fierce struggle between Ms. Tate and her attacker. During the investigation, it was discovered that Ms. Tate's husband, Greg Harris, tried to plant evidence in a seedy neighborhood, and there was DNA evidence that linked him to the crime. We'll talk about the evidence against Gregory Harris, his trial, conviction, and direct appeal. We'll also talk about the post-conviction claims raised and the outcome of his state post-conviction litigation. Until then, have a great week and stay safe. 
Good night.